eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show. My name is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're breaking down the NFC North today. All of our targets, our avoids, uh, and most importantly, our thought process of why we're avoiding or targeting these guys. And we're, of course, going to include the current prices for all these guys as well, so you guys get a little bit of an update on what these ADPs look like. Zach, I just got back from Hershey Park late last night. Yeah. My two daughters' birthdays are within a week of each other. Today's my older daughter's birthday. She's in school, though, so I don't have to spend a day with her. She She was pretty excited to go to school today on her birthday, obviously, but... She just turned seven. We just got back from going on roller coasters. And I, it's it's funny because I'm realizing that I'm a little bit old because, you know, all those like spinning rides, like, like teacups and anything yeah. like that, like it just messes me up now, dude. Like, like I'm like the pit of my stomach. Like it just messes me up for the entire time um, after that. Yeah. Like I can do roller coasters just fine, but anything spinning, I can't do it anymore. Are you Are you, are you a roller coasters guy? at all i'm the same way i mean i'm younger than you and i'm the same way i mean i haven't been able to do spinning rides since i was probably like 14 like i don't know i was never good at spinning rides but roller coasters i'm okay at roller coasters the ones that go upside down i'm not a big fan of i mean they're fun but it's just like the same problem happens with the spinning rides especially with corkscrews like not for me but you said that your daughter's excited to go to school on her birthday i mean for me personally, like I would hate going to school on my birthday. You know, I'd be taking the day <laughs> off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, she has a lot of friends and like, you know, I guess she likes the attention on her birthday. So Must I guess be. that's part of it. I think once she gets a little older, she's probably going to be at a point where like she'd just rather not go to school. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, once she has a bunch of stuff to do at home and she realizes that, you know, school sucks. Um, but by the way, like we already broke down several divisions already. Okay, so make sure to check out our previous episodes. Uh, we're basically going over every fantasy relevant player in these episodes, so you can get a good gauge of how we're currently feeling about these guys. Uh, you know, we remain fluid though. So, with more information as we move on through the draft season, we'll be updating you guys on a bunch of it, including our upcoming rookie draft kit. That's it, rookie draft kit. No, twenty twenty three draft kit. Uh, with well, all the players, vet- veterans included. <laughs> yeah, for us, we're rookies at the draft kit, so I guess technically that would be us yeah you know, we're you could say that it, you, know, you know what i'm saying <laughs> we, we, we've been basically creating a draft kit every single year but we just haven't put it in a li- nice like cohesive place which we're going right. to do uh very shortly uh and if you're on patreon you should be having that pretty soon um but you know obviously along with that updates on our instagram you know right here on this podcast as well and if you can since you're here please follow please subscribe to the podcast doing just that you know, hitting that plus sign, right? Like, it, it does so much for us. You have no idea. And, and if you have an extra minute after that, if you can rate and review the podcast, that would mean everything to us. But let's get into the NFC North. 
Let's start with the Packers. No Aaron Rodgers. Jordan right. Loves comes in. He has Christian Watson to work with. Rookie Jaden Reed to work with. I'm not a Romeo Dubs guy. I think he overperformed early on last year, and Aaron Rodgers kind of elevated him a bit, but he fell down to earth, right? Love, yeah. you know, he also has Aaron Jones. But, I, you know, I think this remains a run-first offense, especially given the fact that, you know, Love is their quarterback. You know, they probably don't want to put the offense on his shoulders. What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on this, this, this passing offense and, you know, whether Love can get it done this year? I'm really leery about it just because of the price that Jordan Love is sitting at right now. Like, I'm all for Jordan Love doing well. I think he can do well. He has weapons. He has Christian Watson, like you said, Aaron Jones. I think that's enough to get him into a solid groove where he's not just going to be, like, losing games and doing terrible this season. But with great unknown comes great intrigue, and that's Jordan Love in 2023. Um, Based purely on NFL experience alone, he's a rookie. And outside of those weapons I just said, he doesn't really have anyone that I can really help see helping him ease into a starting role. I'm not going to discount the fact that he was pretty much Aaron Rodgers' Aaron Rodgers understudy, you know, for three years. So I'll give him that. He's probably picked up a thing or two from Aaron Rodgers. So that's one good thing. But the odds are for me, if you ask me, the Packers are going to be bottom 16 offense. Like you said, probably going to be run first. You don't want to put it completely on Jordan Love. There's just no tape to analyze. There's so much ambiguity with him that I'm not really going to consider making him um, any type of quarterback on my fantasy roster, whether it's QB1 or QB2. I think his price is way too high. He's currently going. I believe he's the QB20 in the 13th round right now. Um, there are plenty of other guys that I like a lot more before him and even after him. I mean, there's a whole list that I have right here we could go through. Do you have any guys that you're really looking at in that range? Like, what do you think of Jordan Love? Do you think his price is a little high? I mean, I, I think he's an okay QB, too. Like, not someone I'm targeting, right? Uh, you know, the fact that he sat, sat so long behind one of the greats, right? And then he looked good in his, like, in his in his really, really small sample size last year. Like, he looked very comfortable. Like, and that was my biggest takeaway for Love, you know. But for now, not someone who's really on my radar for fantasy. Even in super flex leagues and two quarterbacks leagues, two quarterback leagues, obviously, he is going to be a QB, two, right, most likely, Mm -hmm. for fantasy um but he's not really a a target of mine and we mentioned this being a run for a squad right aaron jones aj dillon they're going to be the guys carrying the load you know jones being the preferred guy because he'll be much more involved in the receiving game i'm not really targeting either of these guys right now jones is going off the board as the running back 16 uh you know does he get enough receptions does he get enough goal line carries with aj dillon around to pay off you know at that price not really a target of mine. And then A.J. Dillon obviously being taken a little later. Not a whole lot later. You know, still the RB33 off the board in the ninth round. Like, right. that kind of puts him in that flex consideration. But, like, is he really a solid flex play? Like, I don't know that he is. Like, he wasn't a solid flex play last year, right? You know, in most games. And that was with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, they'll depend on the ground game a bit more this year, I think. But, uh, you know, I think he'll be touchdown dependent. But I think Aaron Jones is going to like be in, you know, going to be in there for a lot of those situations as well. I don't think it's the AJ Dillon show at the goal line. No, uh, but he's going to be touchdown dependent. He probably won't get enough work to justify that price just overall. Like, are you, yeah. are you, like, how are you looking at this backfield? Are you targeting either of these guys? Do either of them seem attractive to you at all? I'm actually in on Aaron Jones. And okay, I'm kind of viewing uh, that's based purely on the fact that, like I said, Jordan Love is a question mark. And I feel like when the quarterback is a question mark, the running backs get the work. We're going to see something just like that in Arizona this season with James Conner. He's like a sure thing. You know, the way that he's going to get his volume, the quarterback's a question mark. The offense isn't necessarily going to be good. Another offense is probably going to be in the bottom half of the league. Um, So I'm looking at Aaron Jones and thinking he looks pretty good. Um, He's one of the more frustrating fantasy players to have in your lineup. He had six finishes among the weekly top 12 last season compared to eight weekly finishes outside the top 24, which is like super polarizing. He, he, he's not very consistent on a weekly basis. But when you take a step back and you view his production on a season-by-season basis, he's actually really consistent. He's finished as the RB7, RB11, RB5, and RB2 in each of the past four seasons going back to 2019. And um, I, I really like that. You know, you look at the way that he's produced those numbers. He's garnered over 60 targets in each of the past four seasons. He's established himself as a clear receiving room back in that backfield 
I think with Jordan Love being that question mark, like I said, in the young receiving room likely to experience some growing pains in 2023, he's going to be leaned on heavily, not just in the ground game, but also in the passing game as well. And anything short of 60 targets would be a surprise to me. Um, A.J. Dillon does complicate that backfield a little bit, but I look at him to make his money you know, in the receiving game again this season. I trust him at RB16. He's finished above that the past four seasons, so I think that he could be a high-end RB2. I don't think that's a poor production when you look at it at the end of the season. He'll be a high-end RB2. He might have some down weeks, but he's going to have some boom weeks too. So I'm actually targeting him because his price is actually pretty palatable for me. If you're if you're a zero RB guy, I think you know drafting him, you know RB sixteen isn't necessarily a zero RB target, but in, in on underdog in best ball drafts, uh, I think that would be considered a zero RB target. <laughs> yeah, uh, but right. I, I get it. Like my only concern is that the offense, like, is it going to take a step back? How far of a step back is it going to take? Are those touchdowns going to come down? You know, that was a big part of his game. He was never somebody who was getting like you know seventy catches a year, but you know forty to fifty catches is on the table for him. And I, I agree with the point that you made about quarterbacks and them looking for, you know, uh, those short outlets and, and Aaron yeah. Jones could be that guy. Um, I, I think where it gets interesting is this Packers wide receiver core and who are we targeting, right? I think both Christian Watson and Jaden Reed are good targets right now. Reed is going off the board as a wide receiver, 71, you know, pretty late in drafts, 14th round underdog. So he's a solid flyer pick for me. Uh, he's a talented wide receiver. He got the day two draft capital. The only questions are the quarterback and whether the offense can support two wide receivers for a fantasy. <clears throat> right. But I think people are underestimating Christian Watson. I think Reed can come in and take some a little bit of the target share away, but I think Watson's year one cannot be ignored. Like once he was healthy and started playing a full-time role, 23% target share, 41% air yard share, his overall weighted opportunity was 16th among all wide receivers in the, in the second half of the year pretty much he was a wide receiver 10 in fantasy points per game during that span and i understand you know that a big percentage of his fantasy points came from touchdowns but it wasn't just at the goal line it wasn't just at the red zone right like he right. was being targeted at all levels of the field he was beating guys deep intermediate after the catch um you know in the red zone obviously and if you forget touchdowns for a second, 2.26 yards per route run overall last year, that was for the entire year. That was second to Chris Olave among rookies. And he did hit the minimum route threshold that we care about, uh, you know, and the two yards per route run threshold also, you know, that tells us that he has a great chance of continuing to hit, you know, as a wide receiver too, at the very least, but also has a very good chance of being you know, a multiple season wide receiver one. So he's going off the board as the wide receiver 20 on underdog right now. I'm targeting him at that price because of the upside he presents as the potential clear alpha there. Um, right. I'm just hoping that Jordan Love isn't absolutely terrible. I don't think he is. And you mentioned, you know, the fact that he's going at wide receiver 20. Listen to some of these names going ahead of him. Like, Tell me you would take – I'm assuming you're going to say yes to these, but tell me if you'd take Christian Watson over these guys. We have Amari Cooper going at wide receiver 18. No. Yes? You wouldn't take Christian I'm Watson taking Christian Wa I'm taking Christian Watson over Amari. Oh, okay. All right. You're taking Christian Watson. Would you take yes. Christian Watson over Debo Samuel? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about Calvin Ridley? Now, that's where it gets hairy for me. But that's the wide receiver Christian, 16. Christian Watson. Yeah. So – by your standard, what you're saying, and what it looks like here on Underdog, he's like an extreme value in your mind, the way that he's produced. I mean, those numbers that you just threw out, like, would you say he's like a really good value right here? Is he possibly the I think value he's a solid value for, yeah, I do think so, especially for the upside that he presents, right? I think the closest name that you mentioned out of those three wide receivers is Amari Cooper. Uh, I think, right. you know, if Deshaun Watson is going to take that step back to what he was, uh, Amari Cooper as his wide receiver one, you got to pay attention to that, right? I think Amari was really good last year. He was super up and down. Obviously, we we talked about the home home road splits a ton last year. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like he could become more consistent and have the same amount of upside that he did last year. Um, so I think Amari Cooper's right there. I think this, he's he's definitely the safer pick between the two guys and might even offer you know similar upside. But I think Watson's upside is a little higher. I, I think Watson has a higher weekly upside. If you ask me, I mean he's yeah. a burner. You know the way that he has that big play threat. You said it's not just touchdowns. It's not like they're throwing them at the goal line. They're deep touchdowns, and he could have had that one more in 
that was it the second first second week where he had that drop yeah started the whole villain arc for him where he came back <laughs> he had all those touchdowns in a row yeah so I, I like christian watson too at wide receiver 20 um he wasn't my pick as my target but definitely not avoiding him by any means yeah um and then you have tight end luke musgrave rookie tight end uh the, the first tight end the packers picked they also picked tucker craft as well uh but musgrave you know he is making some waves at in otas right now you know he it seems like he's the starter but we should probably you know I don't know if we should be targeting him. It's not often that a rookie tight end makes a, a legit fantasy impact in year one. Um, so I'm in on a potential year two from him. Let's see if he shows any good signs in the opportunity that he does get uh, in year one. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, the Lions, very exciting team offensively. Right. Jared yeah. Goff holding it down. He has weapons and he's someone that you're targeting. Oh, yeah. I am bullish on Jared Goff. And I never thought I'd be saying this, you know, because it's crazy. <laughs> the way that he came over, the way he came over from the Rams is I, I saw him as a bridge quarterback. And I'll be honest, I didn't think he had anything left in him. But he's looking like 2018 Jared Goff. You put the pieces around him and he can he can be better than just efficient. You know, he's very good. And I really like him this season when he has those weapons around him, and he has plenty of them. He was the QB 10 last season, 2022. I think he's one of the best-kept secrets because I didn't even you know, realize he finished that well until I actually dove into these statistics this offseason. He was really good. He had a really awesome close to the season. He might be getting more from the Lions offense than he's giving to it, like I just said, but he's doing more than just being efficient, and I think that's worth targeting in fantasy. In the last seven weeks of 2022, he scored at least 17 fantasy points five times, and he finished as the top seven QB on the week four times and he also had a pristine 14 nothing touchdown interception ratio in that stretch of games as well which is just fantastic like if you're going to be put on an offense as good as the lions you know that's the type of numbers that you want to be putting up he had no problems producing he did exactly what he needed to do and uh i think that the upside's even higher this season the way that his supporting cast has grown i think jameer gibbs and david montgomery are a much more dynamic duo in the backfield than Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift were last season, especially the way they were using him at the end of the season. And I also like that they added Sam Laporta. Obviously, he's a tight end. We know rookie tight ends don't do a whole lot, but it's just another option in the receiving game for Jared Goff to be targeting. He was also tied for the second most 300-yard passing games among all quarterbacks behind Patrick Mahomes last season in that stretch of seven games, I said, week 12 on. So his supporting cast received a significant boost. Jameer Gibbs, Dave Montgomery, all these weapons are added. And he's looking closer to his 2018 Rams self. He has to be going inside the top 10 or top 12 for ADP, ADP right? No. He's going as a, as a QB 17 on underdog. So that's six spots and two rounds later than Dak Prescott, who did have one more touchdown from week 12 on in 2022. 15 touchdowns to 14. But Dak had 11 interceptions. Jared Goff had none. So I think he's severely undervalued, especially the way that he's priced right now on underdog. Uh, I'm taking a swing at him every day of the week. I have him. He's my guy over on Steve's fantasy guys thing. Like I love Jared Goff this season. I, I, I hope that you kind of return that sentiment a little bit because this rant would have been poorly uh, executed if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I think you bring up a lot of points, man. Uh, I, I think Jared Goff, you know, he has the supporting cast. Uh, he has a good offensive coordinator. Uh, I just I, I love his situation that he's going into this year. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned the backfield. Let's talk about the Lions backfield real quick. Early in the offseason, we had a David Montgomery 
DeAndre Swift backfield, right? And we knew how the Lions felt about Swift. And a lot of how they felt about Swift had me pretty high on David Montgomery. And I do still think Montgomery can be a solid RB2 this year because there's a world where he is still the primary rusher on a good offense with a goal line role, right? So he's being drafted as the RB28 on underdog right now. I think that's a solid price, eighth round. Okay, I think that's one of the best zero RB picks out there at the moment. I think he's a legit upgrade from Jamal Williams, who will be playing the Jamal Williams role. Uh, But if you're shooting for upside, we know how the Lions currently feel about Jameer Gibbs, right? That is clear as day right now. And with his receiving profile, I do think he's going to be used out of the gate the way that they wanted to use Swift. But they realized they probably. They should have. They, exactly. <laughs> they they realized that they were probably better off drafting his replacement for how they wish they could have used them, right? Yeah. Uh, elite route participation for a running back potentially coming for Gibbs. I think there is a decent chance that he finishes as a RB1, even if he's not the primary rusher. Uh, but if he's being targeted six, seven, eight times per game, because not only will he be, get, will he be getting the 15 touches or more, per game with most of that coming in the receiving game he's also explosive right so this archetype of a player doesn't necessarily need to be the primary rusher in order for them to finish pretty high for fantasy right we've seen it before right especially if you play in ppr leagues as you should targets (laughs) as we know they're worth almost 3x as much as a carry right and with an explosive back like Gibbs, who was just taken ridiculously high in the first round, you got to think he's going to get fed by Jared Goff, um, just like how Goff fed Swift when he was on the field running routes. Absolutely. I think it's going to, I think we're going to be in a situation where Gibbs is going to be running more routes per game than Swift was last year. And he should. I mean, I'm going to be pissed if they don't use him that way. You know what I'm saying? Like they they yeah. draft to give so high, they have to use him how they were supposed to use Swift, right? That's why I look at it. But I, I think that you make some good points there. You talk about, you know, Gibbs getting those targets. If Gibbs gets six, seven, eight targets a game, something like that, and that, that's high, I don't know, five, six, just enough targets where he's catching a couple passes a game, you know, he's going to have a solid floor in PPR. And then you also have Dave Montgomery. This is a good offense. They have a good offensive line. There's a good chance that Dave Montgomery is going to eclipse double-digit touchdowns if he's used in that Jamal Williams role. That's plenty enough to keep both of these guys inside the top 24, like squarely. It's not like going to be close. They're just making it. Both of these guys can be top 24. And like you said, Dave Montgomery, he's quietly been like really good for fantasy. He's just been super underrated. Even when he was on the Bears, people don't realize that he can move the ball you know, in the ground game. He's actually a very good runner. And with Jameer Gibbs in the passing game, too, I think they have the best of both worlds there in the backfield. And with behind that offensive line, like you said, I don't think having both of these guys being weekly contributors in fantasy in 2023 is too far-fetched. In fact, it might even be an expectation that they do. Hell yeah, man. Um, and let's let's hit this receiver core, receiving core real quick. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I have him as a, a low-end wide receiver one. He's the guy in Detroit. Okay, just like set it and forget it. Every week, yep. wide receiver one, you know, great target at the end of the first round on underdog. You can probably get him in the second round in your home leagues. And um, by the way, my full 2023 rankings, dynasty rankings as well are up on our Patreon Patreon page at patreon.com slash upper hand fantasy. Um, but, uh, you know, I think some people might be looking at James, Jameson Williams as somebody who will take targets away from Amon Ra. I don't really see it that way. No. You know, he's being suspended, by, you know, for the first six games this this year. I'm not moving Amon Ra up because of that. He was already up because he's Amon Ra, okay? And I think Williams can be very good, can be a very good wide receiver in the NFL, uh, but you're avoiding him this year. Uh, I want to hear more. And I'm assuming that a lot of that has to do with the six-week suspension. I mean, like I said, I actually wrote that when I put this article up, put this article together. I said that it's obvious, of course, you know, he's suspended for six games. You're losing six games. You're going to be avoiding for that reason. But it goes beyond that. I mean, the Lions dramatically bolstered their offensive weaponry. Like I said, they added Jameer Gibbs in the draft. They added Dave Montgomery in free agency. Two RBs capable of handling. If they were both on their own offense, I think 275 touches if need be. And they added an Iowa tight end to replace the Iowa tight end that they released. Uh, or they traded in the middle of last season. So all the talent is there. There's a ton of competition already. Amon Ross St. Brown, we just mentioned, is an absolute target machine. Even once Williams makes his return, presumably 
in week seven. You know, can we realistically expect him to earn a relevant share of the targets? He caught just one pass in 2022 that happened to be a touchdown. Um, but the larger problem was his usage last season. He only ran 37 routes over six weeks. Not really encouraging heading into 2023 with the suspension looming. And if the Lions offense finds its groove early on and things are really working for them, like they might not want to mess with it if things are working that the way they want it to. If the offense is clicking, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They might not try to shove Jameson Williams into this lineup. He might have a little bit of upside just because the offense is so good, but I don't see him taking a bunch of targets the way that we're going to we would want him to to capitalize on the talent that he had coming out of the draft and the expectation that he had coming out of the draft last last year. So for me, I'm avoiding him this season. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think he could be a really good receiver in the NFL just career long. But for this season, I, the cards aren't going to fall correctly, I don't think, for him to be anywhere near what we want him to be this season. I, I think the question for me around Williams is, is it worth keeping him on the bench for that long you know, during the year, right? Yeah. He's being drafted as a wide receiver 49 uh, on underdog eight, nine turn, probably a little bit later uh, in your home leagues. So, you know, if I have an IR spot that allows a suspended player to be placed there, I think there's yeah. enough upside to justify it in this case. Otherwise, like you, I'm out. You know, he was a very good prospect. You know, the injury derailed him last year. He should be back to 100% this year. Apparently, he's a very different player. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. Another addition, you mentioned rookie tight end Sam Laporta. You know, he's been getting some praise in OTAs, and that's awesome. But like you mentioned, all the weapons, right? Between Amon Ra, Gibbs, Javis Williams, when he's back, they're not sure if Laporta makes a big dent in year one. Year two, after some development that tight ends normally need, sure, maybe. All right. We'll see. Let's move on to the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, probably being underrated once again. You know, as going usual. off the board as a QB 13, as usual. Uh, most likely will finish a little higher than that. Uh, he has Justin Jefferson. He has TJ Hawkinson. He has a, a new rookie wide receiver in Jordan Addison, who, by the way, should easily supplant KJ Osborne. Okay, KJ Osborne yeah. is, is not someone I'm trying to draft late. E- even if w- even with opportunity last year, he didn't he didn't really take control consistently. So I'm I'm out on him. Addison is a good prospect. Um, I'm expecting Addison to either be second or third in the targets and you know KJ Osborne is a clear fourth at best. Um right. also the Vikings have been a pass first team lately regardless of game scripts. So you know Kirk Cousins, you know, similar to Jared Goff, right? You know, he has yeah. the supporting cast and he has the the good play caller. He has all that. He has a legit number one. There's a lot of good things about Kirk Cousins. I think there's a lot of similarities between these two situations and these two quarterbacks. Um yeah. Who are you targeting in the pass game outside of Justin Jefferson? Who, by the way, is my one-on-one overall this year? Really? Your one-on-one overall? Justin Jefferson? Justin Jefferson. Wow. Okay. I, I hear I'm thinking it was Christian McCaffrey. Are you talking for receivers or just the draft? One-on-one overall. is – Wow. One-on-one, Justin All Jefferson. Right. That's crazy. All right. So, obviously, you're targeting Justin Jefferson. And I'll be honest, I had a hard time with this offense because I like everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like all of these <laughs> uh, players I, I, I like for fantasy. So it was tough picking them, but I went with Jordan Addison. And I think that he's a very, very good low risk wide receiver too for the season. I mean, Minnesota allowed Adam Thielen the past few years to leech fantasy value off of its perennially, perennially strong offense. And his departure can come at a better time for Jordan Addison. I mean, consider this. Thielen dominated the wide receiver too spot in Minnesota's offense each of the past three seasons as in stepping right into this role featured 85 targets at least in each of the past three seasons for Adam Thielen and 106 targets exactly in both 2022 and 2020 and then 30 touchdowns combined in that same three-year span so that's 10 touchdowns a year that's what Jordan Addison is stepping into and those are gaudy numbers of course but Addison just has to scrape the surface to return on his on investment as wide receiver 35 price on underdog. I mean, let's just frame it this way. Will the first round wide receiver that the Vikings took on offense as fancy conducive as the Vikings be able to finish as a low wide receiver three or high wide receiver four? Because that's where he's being drafted at. I'm willing to bet that he's enough boom weeks to well exceed that bar, which I think is extremely low. And lucky for us, that's how he's being drafted as a wide, low wide receiver three. So I'm going with Jordan Addison. I'm targeting him all day behind Justin Jefferson. He can learn from Jefferson, too. I think as the season wears on, he'll get better and better. And it's going to be an excellent you know, receiving core for the Vikings. And Kirk Cousins could stand to benefit, too. And I think that's where we could see his upside kind of scrape that top nine, eight range 
as a quarterback as well. Yeah, and and I love Kirk, but so Addison, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 35 right now. And I think he can definitely be a, a fantasy wide receiver three this year, but to draft him like a wide receiver three as a rookie, when you have Justin Jefferson taking away 180 targets, like, I don't know if I'm doing that personally. So like, you know, if I'm looking at who's being drafted around him right now, Damian Pierce, Hollywood Brown, Trevor Lawrence, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Dallas Goddard, Traylon Burks, a lot of decent, like established players there. You know, unless I think there's a chance that Addison finishes as like a high-end wide receiver three, I, I think we're drafting him a little high right now. Like a lot of hype, obviously. I think deservedly so because I think he's a very good player. But I like looking for values here. And I think, you know, Deontay Johnson, Traylon Burks going right around here, like are probably guys I'd rather take shots on, you know, as the wide receiver ones on their offenses. Um, obviously the offenses aren't as shiny, right? I think nowhere, yeah. these guys are nowhere as shiny as Addison for sure. But I think I'd rather go with those guys as the clear wide receiver ones on their team rather than the wide receiver two on the Vikings where TJ Hawkinson could potentially out target Addison. It's very possible. And we've seen, you know, Hawkinson, you know, be a target hog. And t- let's move on to Hawkinson real quick. He's being drafted as a tight end three. Um, at the four or five turn on underdog. Now, the question with him too is like, how, does he get targets taken away from Addison, right? So I right. think that's kind of the predicament with those two guys. Um, and I think last year, like, there was no legit wide receiver too. Like, I'm sorry, Adam Thielen, truthers. Adam you Thielen, know, he's he's getting he's getting he, he's getting old. Okay, guys, like, it, it is what it is. Like, every this happens to everybody. I love Thielen. I love his story. You know, he's he's uh, inspiration. Okay the way that he walked on and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think Addison has a better shot to take away targets from Hawkinson than Thielen did last yeah. year, at least. And Hawkinson was really just a target hog, which is a skill in, in itself. Like if you're a target earner, you're a target earner. But will that stay consistent, right? I, I don't think I'll be targeting Hawkinson either uh, because of the fact that his range of outcomes is a little big for me to draft yeah. him as a tight end three. Um, and by the way, now that you have a lot of fam- familiarity about who we're targeting and not targeting at ADP on Underdog, I think it's time for you to check it out yourself if you haven't already. You can do as many drafts as you want. It's the best way to do mock drafts, too, to get familiar with the current pricing and ADP. Uh, but you have the chance of winning money while you're doing it. The best thing about it is that the market is literally telling you how they feel about players. And since there's at least a couple bucks on the line every time you draft, there's no messing around. Okay, this is true market value. So there are several tournaments you can enter, like the BBM4, which has $15 million in prizes right now. There's also the Puppy 2 tournament that has $1 million in prizes. It's only a $5 entry. And you can throw in multiple entries into these tournaments to increase your chance of winning. There's no team management. This is best ball. So you don't have you just have the draft every week. Your best possible lineup with the team you draft that ends up in your starting lineup. No waivers, no trades, draft, and you're done. If you do check out Underdog, use the code UPPERHAND so you get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's a potential free $100 for you to start drafting. That's a potential free 20 entries into the puppy with a million dollars in prizes, okay? So uh, visit the link in the description of this podcast episode or go to underdogfantasy.com and use code UPPERHAND when you sign up. Let's get back to the Vikings. What about this backfield? It, It looks like Dalvin Cook is being traded or cut at some point. There's, you know, way too many signs and reports coming out of Minnesota, you know, for, for us to think that Dalvin remains with this team, right? Yeah. Or, or that, he, that he ends up like, I don't know where he's going to go. We'll see. Uh, but Kevin O'Connell came out and said that Alexander Madison has shown ownership on all three downs. And when the head coach says that, that's what you want to hear, you know, given the fact mm-hmm. that we've seen Madison finish as a high-end RB1 most of the time when Cook was hurt. So you know he yeah. can handle the workload. Now, I'm not worried about Keontae Ingram. At first, I don't know where he got his fans at. Like people are like, <laughs> Keontae Ingram, truth is all of a sudden. I have no idea where that's from. He was not an efficient running back in college. Okay, I think no. their seventh-round pick, Dwayne McBride, is a good running back, but I have to acknowledge that he's a seventh-rounder. Okay, he's been yeah. banged up, by the way, during this whole OTA, during these OTAs. He hasn't been participating. Um as of right now, I think it's going to be Madison's show. Now, and I'm assuming that Dalvin Cook is gone. Okay. If both of them are still on the team come week one, you know, I think I prefer to have Dalvin Cook. Okay. But at Madison's current price, you can potentially have a RB1 
or a high-end RB2 at an RB23 price in the seventh round. It's an upside shot, okay, because Dalvin yeah. Cook is currently on the roster, but it could pay off drastically if you're drafting this early. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the, you know, we talk about the value of drafting early. You can get those players that are kind of hovering low. The market hasn't adjusted yet to pick up Alexander Madison. But Dalvin Cook, you know, I don't know where he's going to go. I saw a report. I forget where it was from, but it was our two teams. They said the Jets and the Cowboys were interested in Dalvin Cook. I think it was Sports Illustrated. It's like, that would suck. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Dalvin Cook goes somewhere like Breeze Hall and Tony Pollard are the two guys that we really like. You know, obviously Tony Pollard more than Breeze Hall this season, but Breeze Hall long term. I don't want to see Dalvin Cook go either of those places. That's just me. But I'm with you on Alexander Madison 100%. We've seen him do his thing instead of uh, Dalvin Cook. And now you have the head coach coming out saying that he's doing his thing. I'm not worried about Alexander Madison at all. If he is the RB1, like you can expect solid RB1 numbers, high-end RB2 numbers every week in this offense because it's going to be good enough where even if he doesn't rush for 80, 90, 100 yards, there will be touchdowns to come. He'll be able to do his thing. And there's not, like you said, much competition behind him unless you're a big fan of Keontae Ingram. And I like D.Y. McBride too. Um, PFF was a big fan of him too. But um, like you said, seventh round pick. We'll see if he sees the field a whole lot. The only way that he would have upside, I guess you could handcuff with him pretty much just by picking him up off the waivers if something would happen to Madison, assuming that Cook is gone. But for, for the time being, it looks like Madison is the guy to target in the backfield on the Vikings. So um, we've been saying Keontae Ingram this whole time. I actually meant to say Ty, uh, Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler is on the Vikings, not Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram is on the Cardinals. Both of these guys have their their stands, have their fans like uh, out of nowhere. Both these guys were not efficient in college. Okay, I put yeah. these both these guys. I get confused with both these guys because both these guys were inefficient college runners, early down guys, not great on passing downs. So I, I always get these two guys confused. So for everyone who's listening, it's like Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram's a Cardinal. What are you guys talking about? At this point, half of you guys probably have tuned us out because you're like, you yeah. guys have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Tyson you Chandler. have them both on your dusty old, you know, do not target list over in the corner. Pretty and much. picking names off of there. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I, I like Dwayne McBride over Tyson Chandler, like, like yeah. by a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the same thing in Arizona, where I don't think he's gonna get opportunity over James Conner, like at all. Okay. Right. Um, now, anyway. So, but I, it's it's cool that I got you to, you to say Keontae Ingram too. So this is I, this I is my thought process on that. I thought he was on the Cardinals, but I wasn't gonna call you out because <laughs> I thought maybe I missed some obscure report. I mean, we see rookies move all the time. <laughs> Keontae Ingram was last year. I remember he was like the last running back we put in the kit. I was like. Maybe he went to the Vikings and I missed it. I don't know. So I was just trusting the process <laughs> right there. You know, if we if we go down, we're both Trust going down. The process. <laughs> Trust the process, Zach. Um, all right. So now, if, if Dalvin Cook ends up going to another team, by the way, I'd rather it be the Jets than the Cowboys because I don't want him to touch yeah. Tony Pollard. I, I'm not too high on Brees Hall where he's being drafted right now because of the fact that he's coming off the torn ACL. So if he's going to mess up a backfield, I'd rather it be the Jets anyway. Um, than the Cowboys because I want Tony Pollard to be pristine and the yeah. high-end RB1 that he is going into this year. Um, but if he does end up going to another team, I think you know chances are that he's more of an RB2 than an RB1 at this point of his career. Um, the chances are wherever he goes, it'll likely be a timeshare with him most likely leading it, right? We'll yeah. see if he goes to the Jets. That That's obviously questionable, but he's just tough to draft right now at his price of RB22 because the upside is like super unclear. Like it is possible that he finishes lower than that. <laughs> Based on you the think backfield. downside is worse than the upside is good. Um, no, I think the ups I think there is more there's a higher chance that he finishes as a solid RB two than there is a chance that he finishes lower than our low in RB two. If that okay. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So he's a okay relatively safe investment. I if guess. Not, yeah, I think I think he's like yeah, I think he's regardless safe if, he's not, he if you're not looking for upside, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But not really a target of mine, to be honest. No, I, I'm chasing until we know where he's going. Running backs. Yeah, exactly. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk Bears. Justin Fields got a new real-life wide receiver one in DJ Moore. That's going to help him. No doubt about that. He has Darnell Mooney back. He has Chase Claypool. He has Cole Komet. So I think overall, solid pass catching core here. The questions are around how will Fields improve as a passer, which I think there are legit question marks here, right? Like, yeah. like also, how much more balance will they get? Because they were pretty damn run heavy last year. <laughs> Especially at the start of the season. They didn't even throw the ball. Like they were throwing historically low rate. I don't know how much I trust that. I think that's going to change, but I think Justin Fields, I'm optimistic with him. I think we saw some good things last season, even though on the year, the passing stats were not there. I think that he can, you know, improve enough in the past game to make him a really good fantasy weapon. But you talk about the receiving core around him though. Like, I don't know how much we're going to be supporting outside. Maybe DJ Moore, and that he might be just a high end wide receiver too maxed out you know that might be his upside right there um in this offense just because with justin fields running the ball so much and that running back room that they have being so crowded i feel like they're still going to run the ball a whole lot so i'm not trusting anybody really outside dj Moore to produce on a consistent level and even then you know i'm not confident that dj Moore is going to be that guy in this offense at least especially not at the beginning of the season where there might be growing pains So are you saying that you're not sure that DJ Moore is going to be the clear target leader in this offense? Oh, no, he's going to be. But I mean, in terms of where he falls in the wide receiver landscape, you know, I'm not sure if I trust okay. him to have the type of upside. Like, I think the upside for him this season might be high-end wide receiver, too. I don't think he's going to be putting a oh, wide yeah. receiver one. Sure. Oh, no, yeah, I, I got you. Um, But, yeah, no, I think – I think because of this still being a run first offense, like I'm not interested in any wide receiver on this team not named DJ Moore. Yeah. You know, I think Darnell Mooney is a good wide receiver. I think Claypool's okay. I'm expecting more just dominant target share, right? I'm talking like 28% potentially. But the question is how big of a pie are we talking, right? Yeah. Like 27%, 28%, even though it's elite target share, it might not amount to as many raw targets as you would want. Like I, I don't love more as the wide receiver 26 where he's going right now. Like, like McLaurin's going right before him. I'd much rather have McLaurin. Christian yep. Kirk is there. Chris, Chris Gowan, Brandon Ayuk. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'd just rather have all those guys over yeah. DJ Moore. Are, are there are there any guys, the guys I just mentioned? Uh, I, I think, sorry, you're going to have to repeat that because you bugged out a little bit for me there. I, I didn't hear what you said. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah, sorry, man. Was, Terry, so Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, and Brandon Ayuk. Those are the those are the four guys that I think I'd rather have over more at his price of the wide receiver twenty six. Right, I, I agree. I I don't think yeah. DJ Moore is going to be a secure enough wide receiver at this point. You know, to really be have his price be warranted to be taken over them or around. Them. I think those guys. I'm with you on that one. I'm taking them. What about Cole Komet? I, I think since. He has a, you know, he could be a low-end tight end one, given the fact yeah. that it doesn't take much to be a low-end tight end one, but also he's <laughs> one of Fields' favorite red zone options. Just don't know how, just don't, just don't know that the targets will be there for him, you know, given that Moore is in, ta- in town now. Right. I, I think that's kind of just like rolling over and dying at tight end if you take Cole Komet, because you're accepting the parity that comes with taking anybody outside the top five. You know, and that, I feel like you could say that about a lot of tight ends. But Cole Komet, I think that he has a little bit more upside maybe than other guys. He has more yeah. ability to have a boom week than maybe a guy like Dalton Schultz, who's going right ahead of him as a tight end 13. And Tyler Higby at tight end 16, two spots behind him. You know what I mean? So I think that Cole Komet, we've seen Justin Fields kind of dial in on him. He actually had a stretch where he was scoring a lot of touchdowns right in the middle of the season last season when Justin Fields kind of had that breakout. So I wouldn't say that we should be avoiding him, but he's not a target. I'm not targeting any tight end, you know, really down in this range. But Cole Komet, if you want to take a swing at upside, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that is price, you know, that's kind of what you're going to get in that range. 
Now, when you look at this backfield, you know, it's a little dicey right now, right? You know, a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are three guys there that could potentially be the starter, right? There's Roshan Johnson, who they just drafted, Khalil Herbert, who was extremely efficient as a rookie last year, and Deontay. I'm sorry, this is Khalil Herbert's second, second, third year going. Going into his third, yeah. yeah. Going into his third season. And Deontay Foreman, right? I think the best overall, like, early down running back, I think, is Roshan Johnson, okay? Yeah. That's who my bet would be to be the 1A in this backfield on, you know, if it's not week one, maybe by like week four, or week five. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be him and Khalil Herbert being the one, two. Can Khalil Herbert really be the, this offense where he's given a little bit more of a workload? I think so. I think it's possible. I think both of those guys can potentially handle 10 to 15 touches per game. With Deontay Foreman kind of on the outside looking in, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't assume that he would be on the roster come week one. He signed an extremely cheap deal, okay, yeah. um, basically a minimum deal for a running back of his, you know, and the fact that he was did well last year for the, uh, you know, for the Panthers, the fact that he signed such a low deal tells you that you know he wanted a starting job, but then the Bears went ahead and drafted Roshan. In the fourth yeah. round, um, you know, day three draft capital. So you kind of have to take, you know, you can't assume that Roshan's just going to get the job handed to him, right? He he won't because of the where where he got drafted. But big fan of Roshan, you know, coming out, you know, of Texas, sitting behind Bijan Robinson. Um, he's a no nonsense type of guy. Like, yeah, I talked to him, and he just like no smile on his face. He's just all business, and I think he could potentially be the starter on this offense now. Roshan, someone that you're targeting now, he is being drafted uh, as the second Bears running back off the board as the RB forty six. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so that for that price, like, there's no risk, right? So, exactly. is that part of the reason why you're drafting him there? That's part of it, but it's also like you said for the reasons that you outlined that he could jump up into a one A one B type role in this offense. You know, I have him listed. I'm targeting him as a speculative bench running back, where it's just like he could appreciate super quick. And there's no, like you said, risk with where he's being taken. Like it, like you said, it's dicey. There's a lot of running backs here. And Deontay Foreman, he looked pretty good last season. They signed him. It was extremely cheap. But I, I think that Rashawn Johnson, like you said, I, I'm on the same train as you, that he could step up and be the early down running back on this offense. Khalil, Khalil Herbert there, too, does have me a little worried about him getting like enough carries to the point where he might be startable, yeah. you know, as anything outside of right. a flex. But I yeah. think that if anybody's going to be on the outside looking in, it's going to be Deontay Foreman because Khalil Herbert is a guy that they drafted. You know, he's been in the offense two years going into his third season. And Rashawn Johnson was also drafted by the Bears. They just brought in Deontay Foreman, I think, just in case, you know, they didn't get somebody they really like in the draft. And like you said, I don't think it's going to be drastic to the point where Deontay Foreman's off the roster in week one. But I think in the middle of the season, we could see him dropped at some point, not just in, you know, fantasy, um, rosters but also just from the bears roster overall i don't think he's going to be gone by week one i think they'll keep him just see what they have in rashawn johnson but when rashawn johnson does what he did you know for texas in chicago i think they'll be like okay we can lose that dead weight here it's not a whole lot of money but they'll just drop deontay foreman i think that's something that i could see happening and if you scroll through twitter it seems like a lot of people in the twitter you know community are in on deontay foreman which is funny because like you're in on rashawn johnson I'm in on Rashawn Johnson. I saw a bunch of people talking up Deontay Foreman, you know, talking about how many yards he ran for, that kind of thing, and him being the veteran guy in this backfield. But I just don't see that. Do you? <laughs> either. No, I don't. And I, honestly, like, I'm not targeting him at all. He's a full fade for me. But, yeah. you know, Roshan, I think both Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert are values right now. I think they can yeah. both be potential flex plays this, this, this year. I think Roshan is an RB46, right? And then you have Khalil Herbert is an RB40. And I think both guys could potentially outperform that. Uh, you know, and I'm and I'm not talking about like overall for the year. I'm talking about like being both of them being legit flex plays next year. Like David Montgomery oh, and Khalil Herbert were both playable last year, right? As a yeah. flex at the very least. And Montgomery as an RB2 because he was getting the goal line work, goal line carry. So with if both these guys you know, if Roshan Johnson is anything close to David Montgomery, I feel like both these guys could potentially be startable. Um, and if they're being taken in the 40s, you know, in terms of like running back rankings, I think both these guys are draftable, especially where they're going right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just look at Khalil Herbert. Obviously, we're going back into the stats here, but just in the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight weeks, he had three games where he was at 15 points, 15 points, 30 points, two 11 point games mixed in there. Like, it might not net you a whole lot in terms of season long value, but on a weekly basis, like you said, those are perfect flex numbers. I'd be happy having that in my flex each week. And that was last season. I mean, Khalil... So now Khalil, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you're, yeah, Khalil you, Herbert. you, you first, Zach. Please. <laughs> Khalil Herbert, you know, like, I, I think that his situation might be even better. He might have a little bit more preferential treatment, especially to open the season, just because he's been in the system. You know, he might be able to cash in on two or three weeks where Rashawn Johnson's still coming up. And, you know, Deontay Foreman's not really involved in the mix. So I think Khalil Herbert, like you said, you bring that up to me now. I was looking at Rashawn Johnson, but now Khalil Herbert at RB40. I didn't realize he was going that low. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And no, we're not, no one's assuming that he's going to be the starter. There's just a lot of variability, right, in this in this backfield right now. Um, right. A lot of ambiguity, probably the better word. But Khalil Herbert, you look at his stats from last year's efficiency metrics. You know, he had 100-something carries last year. Out of all running backs who had 100 carries last year, he was 10th in missed tackles force per rush. And he was one, two, third in yards after contact per attempt. So the dude is a good yeah. running back. He might not get all the work, but he's going to be efficient. So I think, like, as of right now, safer pick, safer pick, probably Khalil Herbert because yeah. he was using the pass game as well last year. So, you know, we understand that, you know, Roshan was very efficient in college. He, he was one of the most efficient running backs, right up there with Bijan. Um, different type of plays being called for him, so we have to kind of understand that. But we already know that Khalil has proved it in the NFL, at least, you know, in, in a timeshare capacity. So yeah, something to keep in mind there. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we are going to talk about the AFC North coming up uh, tomorrow. So that, that podcast will be out on Friday. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. If you could take the time to follow or subscribe, it's totally free on your podcast app. We would greatly appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.